Hello and welcome to Rhythms of Grace. I'm Christine and I'm here with Nate. Howdy. And Sung. Hey, hey. Um, and I just have to brag for a second. After two seasons of being on Rhythms of Grace, <laughs> I finally got my own microphone. <laughs> it's very exciting. So officially part of the team. Um, and we've been talking about things we wish we'd known, Mm -hmm. um, earlier in life. So we talked about high school, we talked about college and now Sung, what are we talking about this week? Well, um, and first, before we dive into this week's topic, I just want to say thanks to all of you who talk to us and say, Hey, yeah, I was listening to this episode and this really helped. Um, so Uh, If you have any future suggestions of what you want us to talk about, we're glad to take requests and um, we'll we'll try our best. So today we're talking about, uh, well, we talked about high school, college. Now we're going to talk about things I wish I knew in my quarter life crisis. The 20s. The (laughs) The 20s. The roaring 20s. And it's interesting that like, and it's, it's, I mean, on one hand, it's really clear why people would go through a, a quarter life crisis because mm-hmm. you've gone through this social environment of high school and now college where you're going to classes and now you get a job and you're trying to figure life out. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, like friendships and rhythms just are vastly different. They're not socially constructed like automatically like they are that they were like in college and high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then you, you try working for a couple of years and you're like, oh my goodness, like, and then you just go through this crisis. Who am I? What am I supposed to do? Does anybody love me? Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, I used to, I used to, uh, joke with back when I was on staff, I used to joke with my wife, Amy, because when a guy in his twenties who had like just graduated from college or was like a year into his career was like, Hey man, can we grab coffee sometime? Like, I know what this conversation is. Like this dude feels like he has no idea what's happening right now. Like it just, it was inevitable. It happened all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Why is that, Christine? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> have you, felt, you tell me. I'm 26. Have, have, you felt, have you ever gone through like a quarter life crisis? I don't know that I have. Okay. I have always just uh, kind of known where I was going, mm-hmm. which is not, I don't know. I don't, maybe it's coming down the road. Maybe it'll be like a, a you know. Third life, third of a life crisis. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're going to live to a really, really yeah, old age. Yeah. Quarter life has not yet come. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I've definitely, um, yeah, I've definitely seen, I think that's partly because I've had wise people who are just a little <clears throat> bit further down the road mm-hmm. alongside me all this time mm-hmm. where I'll see, yeah, because building community outside of college, way different than building yeah. community mm-hmm. in college. Yep. All of a sudden you're like, how do you make friends? Yeah. Like you have to relearn that yep. or yeah, learn new strategies. I mean, it, I would imagine that it was maybe easier for you because Christine, cause you're a very relational person. But one of the things yeah. that I, I wish that I had known in my twenties was that you, that it is like imperative to invest in mm-hmm. relationships. Yeah. You know, again, like you were saying, Sung, high school and college, the, the context 
is already there for you. Mm-hmm. If you're just sort of, if you sort of exist, you will have friends, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. then you get out of college and if you're not going to a advanced degree or something, or if you're working with a bunch of like old people, mm-hmm. it, suddenly your contexts actually prevent you yeah. right. from forming those relationships that were so easy before. And I wish I had known like, oh, this is the time to really lean in um, and invest. Yeah. And, and that, that pays dividends for years. And I think that, you know, that's one of the things I've been reflecting on um, is, is like how um, inconvenient community is in your Mm. 20s. Yeah. After college, it's, it it becomes, I think after college, you're like, you've lived four years in the dorms where you had to share a bathroom and share laundry. And so what I see in a lot of my peers is they're like, okay, I want to live alone. Or like, if I have roommates, I want to be completely independent. Yep different food, different, you know, you want to have that, that like independence, um, because it's, and that convenience. Um, but I remember when I first moved here, uh, Laura Nye, who has been on the podcast before, uh, she told me like, oh yeah, I, I create community. I just invite people into whatever I'm doing. Mm. When I'm doing laundry, I always do it with someone else. When I'm doing, you know, cleaning the house, I always invite someone over or I go over to their place when they're cleaning their house. And I was like, point of being out of college is that you don't have to do that with (laughs) someone else yeah um but that's that was like how she built strong community i think it's funny that that you said that that often happens when people get done with college because lots of the people that come and live with us are just past that stage Mm -hmm. like late 20s Mm -hmm. yeah oftentimes because we our home is generally there's generally somebody that's not a part of our nuclear family like staying with us and it's often people in their like late twenties because they sort of like re remember mm-hmm. the importance of living in community. And even though it's hard, um, sort of like the value of it comes back around and, yeah. and they end up looking for that yeah. somewhere. And it's often with us. Yeah. I've been seeing that a lot. Uh, now that I'm past my quarter life crisis, you know, <laughs> 26, um, over the hill, uh, no, but I'm seeing a lot of my peers, yeah, move back into like, okay, how, okay, this this is not working. How do we re-engage in community? Mm-hmm, yeah. Whether that's getting a roommate, even though you don't need one financially, yeah. or um, investing in relationships in just different ways. How do we invite people in and just, yeah, relearning those skills? Yeah. Yeah, what do you wish you'd known in, in your quarter-life crisis? Um, did you have a quarter-life crisis? I don't think I did. Uh, in fact, I don't think I've had a midlife crisis. Mm. I think my midlife crisis will come when I retire. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's what my wife says. Sure. <laughs> sure. More like, more like seasons versus yeah, actual yeah. age numbers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are, are we talk, are we still on friendship or, I mean, cause I, I find this whole topic really fascinating and I'm thinking through what you both have said and. And it's true because when you move out of college, it's almost like the, you know, in college, it's kind of like friends are friends forever <laughs> kind of thing. And then you, mm-hmm. you all go your separate ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some people cling to the past, mm-hmm. um, not just with friends, but, you know, it's like, you know, I, I, I have friends who are now in their 40s or whatever. And it's like, you have not changed your hairstyle <laughs> since. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then... Um, yeah. So I, I, one curiosity question, Christine, you said mm-hmm. it, it's different and, and it's harder, like flesh that out, like for, for, uh, from your perspective and experience. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess in, in college, um, you know, you're like in classes with people and then you go home and they're there and then you go to work and they're, you know, you're working on campus. So they're there. And, um, it's really easy. Like proximity just Mm -hmm. makes it easy. Yeah. Shared, uh, responsibilities and interests makes it easy. You're, have to study anyway so you're studying with people um there's even like central places to eat yeah there's all these places where circumstantially your lives overlap yeah yeah and um i you know once you're in a 40 hour per week job working with people who uh you know you're working with maybe five other people or 10 other people who maybe you're not friends with and then you could go home every day and never talk to anyone and and survive you know you could um yeah live an entire lifetime just like yeah. going to work coming home and and your life doesn't have to overlap with anyone yeah. and so it, it becomes like oh i have to make a conscious effort to make a plan tonight um it's not going to be just someone walking by my door and grabbing me on their way to the you know yeah. and even even like even like finding things to to do the college is sort of like set up so yeah. that the interesting things that you're interested in are sort of presented to you yeah. and are made as like easily accessible as possible right but when you're out of college you suddenly realize like oh if i like this type of sport there isn't an intramural league i have mm-hmm. to actually like go find one yeah. you know if i'm interested in movies well there isn't a film club i have to like find some other way yeah. to you know to connect with people who share this interest. And so it just, it's, it can be so different. Um, it just takes a lot more initiative yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. for the same level of engagement or interest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then even when you make friends in your twenties, um, they might be gone in a year or two mm-hmm. because they've yeah. taken a job in some other city as well yeah. too. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that, I think that speaks to also how like the nature of post college relationships look different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, my wife easily maintains lots of long distance friendships, mm-hmm. uh, but that's exactly what they are. You know, right. like she's calling and they're texting and, you know, FaceTiming versus in college. It was, it was literally like all your friends were next door, yeah. Yeah. you know? And so you just have to sort of shift the paradigm by which mm-hmm. those relationships. And again, it takes initiative. Like you have to be willing to call or you have to be willing to sort of mm-hmm. make the effort instead of it just sort of happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that points to like one thing that I, I have like been discovering is yeah, I also find it really easy to maintain long distance friendships. And, and I've been realizing like, oh, that's what a lot of people my age have are long distance friendships. So like the people who know the last 2% of what's happening in their lives are all out of state. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, essentially, they are not accountable to, to, you know, they, they feel like they have that accountability, but they're not watching how they're living their daily lives and realizing like, Oh, that's actually not enough. Um, cause it feels like enough to have friends, you know, like who you've known forever from yeah. high school or college or whatever. Um, but actually we have to have friends nearby people who know us, who are going to like see how we're living. Um, yeah. Just realizing the importance of that. Yeah. No, I think that's a great point. I think it's because it, it can be, um, it can be easy to just, in some ways, it's easier to maintain those relationships that already exist. Yeah. And the inconvenience of both making effort and then having someone sort of in your life when you're pursuing the independence you always dreamed of, yeah. both of those things can be strong barriers or at least discourage you from mm-hmm. establishing the type of relationships where somebody knows the ins and outs of your life mm-hmm. and who you are and how you're wired. Yeah. 
I think one thing in your 20s is that um, life will never feel like it's supposed to. Yeah. Mm. Like, and by the way, what is supposed to supposed to look like? Mm. And part of it is usually um, sometimes other people's expectations, sometimes even your own unarticulated expectations that uh, you're trying to live on a timeline that is uh, grossly distorted. Yeah. Mm. Um, you want to accomplish X by the time you're, you know, this age and, and, and something that previous, like your parents maybe developed, whether it's career, uh, um, whether it's, uh, you know, possessions, house, car, things that they, they, uh, built over years, <laughs> decades. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times in your twenties, you're like, Oh, I, I want to get there in two years. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and, and the ironic thing is I know a lot of p- people where they make like two, three, 10 times what their parents make, mm-hmm. right. A- ever made. And there's still this like kind of restlessness mm. of just like, why aren't I happy? Life mm-hmm. just doesn't feel like, and you're on the outside, you're like, dude, you're making a ton of money. Mm-hmm. You know, you're whatever it is, you know? Um, and so I think just in that age, um, you're, uh, if you're in your twenties, don't take this the wrong way, but you are not comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. Mm. You just aren't, you may think you are, right. you're mm-hmm. just not. And I, I, and I think that there are the understanding of what only comes with time versus the feeling of being sort of settled and established and comfortable in your own skin. There's no shortcut to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and it sort of feels like there should be again, I think uh, I don't want to, sound too old here, but like Instagram (laughs) sort of shows people living their best life, right? Sort of. And it it feels like every Instagram post is a point of arrival. Mm -hmm. And that's not really, first of all, probably how those people are experiencing their own life. And it's not really the way most life works, Mm -hmm. you know? And so in your twenties, you sort of feel like I should have arrived by now. And in reality, like, first of all, you never arrive, but like the sense of being settled, it takes years to to grow. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I think in your twenties, there's, it's almost like death by unmet expectations. Yeah. Mm. And then what happens is then, then the symptom is the grass is always greener on the other side Yep. because, well, this obviously is not giving me the, the satisfaction meaning that I thought is going to give me. And then you jump to the next thing and then, you know, you, you, you know, it's, it's a, I don't know, a two year window and then you hit the same wall and, and some people you just kind of end up going like just around in a circle. Yeah. Uh, and some people that doesn't end when they get to the thirties or forties or even older. Right. Yeah. And it's just that understanding of like, uh, maybe it's less about like life and, um, more about like, especially in your twenties, like it, it's never going to feel like it's quote unquote supposed to. Mm. Mm-hmm. I feel like as you were describing that, my mind was like, oh my goodness, every Hallmark movie ever is about the quarter life crisis. <laughs> They're like, I've looked for happiness everywhere, but apparently it's here. Back in my hometown. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, that was just what I, cause you said like jumping, you know, from one thing and then they go in a, a circle. I was like, oh man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I'm feeling like, uh, I want some good news about things you wish you'd known in your twenties. Cause so far discouraging. Oh man. Uh, okay. I want to already be in my thirties, I think. Well, so, uh, so this is part <laughs> of it. And I think this, depending on your perspective, this can either be good news or bad news, but I, I wish that I had known that the path to success 
has far less to do with my externals as it Mm. does my internals. Mm. And that success is way more about feeling content than it is about Mm. any sort of list of achievements. And it's possible that those achievements can help, but if the internal like is not there, it doesn't matter Mm. how much stuff is on the outside. You will never sort of feel the contentment that you Mm -hmm. seek. Um, And I, so I I wish that I had known that earlier Mm -hmm. because uh, I chased a lot of dead ends for years, you know, just hoping that there was going to be sort of the achievement um, milestone that would sort of give me the contentment and I never found it. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't until I sort of got my internal house in order that I realized like, Oh, I, you know, I mean, not to get too spiritual about it, mm-hmm. but Paul talks about it. I've learned to be content in every mm-hmm. circumstance mm-hmm. and that it reflects an inner reality, not his, not his level of achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I, as the more that I live into that, the, the more, uh, the more, I should say this, the fewer things I really care about, Mm. Yeah, you know, I care about them more, but there's fewer and fewer of them, which is just an easier way to live. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have one other, I I, I guess, bad (laughs) before we get to good. Okay. Um, And and it's, it's a, it's, I think it's a rite of passage, especially during the quarter life crisis is that um, lousy jobs and bad bosses Mm. are a Mm -hmm. a rite of passage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because, People leave college or grad school going like, yes, I got my degree. Now I can make money, which is what I've wanted to do all my life. Yeah. And I'm going to land the perfect job. And then like their boss sucks mm. or they get stuck in the land of like cubicles and offices and meetings. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I thought this would be fulfilling. I thought like, you know, um, what, whatever. And, and, and so, um, and it's through that process, though, that you start to understand more of who you are, mm-hmm. what you need and what you like and don't like. And so if you've never had like a bad boss or or um, a lousy job, um, well, consider yourself blessed. But two, um, I think that's part of just figuring life out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do feel like. Uh, most of the people, yeah, that like were in my graduating class from college, for instance, I do remember they were like, wait, no, I don't want to be entry level position. I want to be already right. like the manager. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, okay guys, we're, you're 22. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. um, but that is, it's, yeah, we're in a world where, um, you know, the people who, who we see and we look up to, it used to be like, oh, the people who are further down the road, mm-hmm. older than us. And now it's like, oh no, it's the 22 year old executive right. is the person we're seeing and the person we're looking up to. Mm-hmm. And it feels like that's where I should be. Mm. Um, I should already be TikTok famous. I should <laughs> already be the ex, like, you know, I mean, you have like Billie Eilish was, uh, you know, billboard hits at what 17 and Mm. and that just feels like not that we should all be billy eilish but that we should all be there yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so do you do you remember um do you remember the book uh called the making of a leader Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. bobby bobby clinton Clinton. yeah Mm -hmm. uh he he goes through like these stages of i think it's ministry specific yeah uh, about sort of like 
these different growth stages. And I remember in my twenties reading that book and being like, Oh my gosh, I'm like already at the end of this, book. like I've already arrived. Like, already, <laughs> And looking back now, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm such an idiot. Like I was nowhere close to knowing, mm. you know, but the curse of your twenty and the blessing is that you feel like you'd know everything <laughs> you know, yeah. of your, in your twenties. Yeah. Um, one other thing that kind of on that front that I think that I wish I knew, I wish I had known that really in my experience, the twenties are the best time to take risks Yeah, mm. that there, it only gets hard. I mean, I have done some incredibly risky things at later stages of my life. And in my twenties, I was actually very cautious. Hmm. I sort of felt like, okay, I've graduated. Mm. I have to sort of pick my path. I need to get settled as quickly as possible. And I wish that I had known that the opposite mm. is actually true that the twenties are really the best time to experiment, try to start a business, mm -hmm. like try to live in a new city, try to travel, like do all those things because as you, it just gets harder as you get older. Mm -hmm. I mean, it does, there's mm -hmm. no two ways about it. Yeah. Um, and so you can still do it. And I have, you know, I have uprooted my entire family multiple times, <laughs> uh, and taken on enormous amounts of responsibility and debt. Uh, but it, it, the twenties are the time to do that. Yeah, mm -hmm. one of the best times. Yeah, and I, I, piggybacking off of that too, your twenties will be a time where uh, you will experience more failure than you choose that than you will want to remember. Mm -hmm. The important thing, though, is to remember that that doesn't mean you're a failure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fail forward, fail forward, mm -hmm. because you will make mistakes. Because you're young, eager. And, um, or at least you should. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're not making mistakes, <laughs> you're being way too cautious and you're not mm. going to grow uh, spiritually or professionally or even as a person in the ways that you should. Um, but, but again, it, fa failing, fa failing does not equate to you being a failure, mm -hmm. yeah. which I think is also common. Like, oh, well, I failed at this, so I'm a failure. I will never try that again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, um, well, and I also think that the twenties are a time when you can take advantage of sort of like a natural resiliency. I mean, yeah. fe feeling like, you know, everything does provide a bit of a buffer. <laughs> like if things go wrong, yeah. it, like the, the first thought is sort of like, well, it's, it's not my fault. <laughs> and as much as that, like annoys me as an old guy now, <laughs> I, I see the benefit of it <laughs> when I was in my twenties and I yeah. went through a series of failures, um, and was sort of able to, I, I'm not saying they weren't difficult. I'm not mm -hmm. saying they didn't hurt, but my ability to bounce back from them, as I look back now, I'm like, I'm not sure that I could have just like rolled with that mm -hmm. punch the way that I did mm -hmm. when I was, when I was in my twenties. Um, and that's, uh, you know, again, I'm not sure that that's something that you can necessarily be aware of when you're mm -hmm. young, but it is a truth that man, you can just, it, Sorry, old people. It gets harder. <laughs> it gets harder to bounce back in some ways, you know. Mm. Um, but like sleepless nights, you know, like pulling all nighter, like all of that is still mm -hmm. accessible to you in your twenties. Mm -hmm. And I am in bed by nine o'clock. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. And, and well, I don't know if this is compounding all the bad. I, you know, it's not bad. It, it's it's almost like. <laughs> Words of caution and wisdom, hopefully, mm -hmm. right? And not so much like just bad. Yeah. Um, but I, I think uh, when you go through seasons of doubt or questions about yourself or whatever it is, or your faith, that, that doesn't make you bad. That just makes you a human being, mm -hmm. right? So I, I think learning to embrace 
um, those imperfections about you, hmm. um, I think is important because again, we ha- when you're young, you, you're, you're, you're most people they're, they're dreaming about whatever it is, career, marriage, and they just have this image that they, they want their life to look like, mm-hmm. and you're going to experience disappointment, disillusionment like that. That's just part of being human. Um, so I would just say I- embrace that instead of like being scared of it or running away from it. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Yeah. I feel like, um, yeah, it is, it is harder. I'm just thinking even like, um, I mean, I don't know what it's like later on, but, um, your I, back always hurts. That's yeah. what it's like. That's what it's like later on. That's what we have waiting for us. Great. Um, That's if you're a farmer. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I feel like, you know, in, in high school, a lot of times, um, you know, a lot of the students, it's like you, they don't realize like that they need God's grace. Whereas I feel like in your twenties at, well, like for me, it's like, oh man, Mm. I like, I, you know, I would have said in high school that I needed God's grace, but it wasn't until my twenties where I like felt it Yeah, where I was like, Mm. oh my goodness, I am a sinner and I do need salvation. Um, which is hard. It's a hard experience and it's a hard thing to, to fail, um, in ways that, yeah, you have like more structure. So when you fail, it feels different in mm-hmm. middle school or high school or college. And then all of a sudden you're in the real world and failures feel bigger. Right. Yeah. Sort of like, where's the bottom? Yeah, of this? yeah exactly. <laughs> there isn't any extra credit. Yeah. <laughs> if you, yeah. If you right. fail and the decisions job. you make feel like they're, they come at a higher cost, right? Yeah. The bad news is it gets the stakes go higher, yeah, yeah. <laughs> even higher, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, when you've got like a mortgage and kids, mm-hmm. yeah, and a, wife, and a family, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think um, if at some point in your twenties, you know, uh, this is going back a couple, kind of a, a few minutes ago about community and things like that, but um, and maybe this is an encouragement or a positive. Like if, if in your 20s, you're, you're going to feel at some point maybe a sense of loneliness or a sense of, man, I'm all alone. Mm. I think just know that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many people I talk to when they say, oh, I thought I was the only one mm. or man, I'm all alone. And, and uh, oftentimes you're just stuck in some sort of mental or, or emotional spiral Um uh, until you realize, you know, be, because because you're at that stage where you want to exert your independence, financial and career and professional yeah. independence, but there there are people around you, and, and those moments when you do feel alone, just just know you're you're not alone. Mm-hmm. I think that's so. I think that's so good, Sung, because especially like I, I think people in their twenties don't realize how much people older than them want to see them succeed. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Right, like that that that. People in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s love to see young people succeed, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and and that uh, that they're often willing to help or mentor or just like be a listening ear mm-hmm. um, in all sorts of contexts. Yeah. Uh, but sort of like the drive for independence that comes with your 20s often sort of like cuts that off as an as an option. Mm-hmm. And if you are if you can take um if you, you can't take advantage of those people that are either at your workplace or in your church or in your family or whatever, there's a ton of resources, mm-hmm. uh, emotional, you know, mental, spiritual, even financial, mm-hmm. you know, that, that is there if you are willing to just sort of 
not be fiercely mm-hmm. independent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do feel like that's that's been really like for me having that built in with like siblings who are in their 40s mm-hmm. um as I've been in my 20s like being able to have that built in resource has mm-hmm. been yeah like really impactful in like why I probably didn't have a quarter life crisis. <laughs> um but yeah, I think it's it's been interesting like part of our discipleship here at Grace is, you know, who are your mentors? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, I think, I think that makes a huge difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've even found that to be true and we'll, maybe we'll get to this, but even in my forties, I still like it literally like the old farmers around me love, love <laughs> it when I come to them asking for mm-hmm. advice. They love it. You know, yeah. like who else is asking them right. about this or that? Nobody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just think if I, for, as someone who is very, very independent and really, really struggled to avail myself of mentors mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. support networks or anything like that, I, man, I just wish I had learned it 20 years ago mm-hmm. to just sort of be the person that was like, Hey, can I ask you a question? Hey, mm-hmm. can you help me with this? Hey, can you give me some perspective here? I just never did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do, I wish I'd learned that much earlier. Yeah. And I think part of it is like viewing it not because I think it, it feels like weakness because that, you right. know, it's yeah. like in your 20s, you want to be like, nope, I've yep. got it together. Totally. I want to look like the, the 20, you know, 25 year old who's like ready. Wonder kid. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and realizing like, oh, I, it's actually a strength to be able to create this network. Mm-hmm. Like it's actually a strength to, yeah, build, build a community that that's going to make you stronger. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the importance of community, especially in your 20s, uh, it, it's a time when well, I'll, I'll say it this way. Just because you're now grown up, quote unquote, doesn't mean you actually grow out of your, some of your insecurities. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> some of the insecurities you had in college were the ones you had in high school, yep. were the ones you had in middle school. And just because you're grown up and you feel like, and, and most young adults, young professionals feel this way. Like, man, I feel like I should be an adult now, but I don't feel like an adult, mm-hmm. right? That goes back to like, life is not going to feel like, you know, uh, it's always going to feel like you don't have it figured out, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's okay that you feel that way. Uh, but the other, on, the, on the flip side too is, like now you're going to feel like, oh, I'm, I'm grown up. I know what I'm doing. Like, man, some of those insecurities that you had uh, just, uh, you know, just because you graduate doesn't mean now you're like a totally different person, right? Like right. You're, you're still the same person. They will come out in different ways. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes I think even some of the, the drive that pushes most young twenties is actually their insecurities uh, yeah. being covered over. Mm-hmm. That's actually what's driving them more so than like when you get a little older and wiser, like, Oh, what, what what's your true calling mm-hmm. and vocation? Yeah. It's really insecurities and anxieties covered up and being overcompensated mm-hmm. that drives a lot of young people in their 20s. Which is interesting because it really is the difference between um, reactivity and proactivity. Mm-hmm. And in your 20s, it can feel like you're being proactive, mm-hmm. but in many ways, it's reactive. You're still being driven by sort of those insecurities and things like that. And yeah. I think the more comfortable you get in your own skin, the more you're able to actually be thoughtfully proactive mm-hmm. about plans and sort of future casting. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know we said like some of this is just only solvable with time, but I will say also like the Enneagram, like that's the, Mm. you know, uh, taking the Enneagram test was super helpful for me. And Mm. even just for the first time seeing those insecurities or like, 
getting my tri-type and realizing like, oh, I have a lot of avoidance nature mm. like um, in me. And that's something that like I didn't realize how much of my life that was driving. Yeah. Um, where it doesn't mean that I it fixed those things, but at least I was able to like see them, which is, yeah. um, something I think a lot of people in our twenties, like we can't even see, um, what, what's driving what we do. Yeah. So what was your, what was your faith journey? Like when you, gra- I know college was like a very formative experience for you. Mm-hmm. You came out of college. Did you go straight into seminary? I took a year off. You I did. worked. Um, and then I went off to seminary. I, I, I knew I was going into the, like, ministry vocational ministry track and um i i um yeah i i I didn't want to just be a lifelong seminary kind of pastor kind of thing so um i worked in sales worked in in the marketplace and um that that was really good that was a a a, i mean i i would say i took a a a gap year in the ministry chat track sure um and that was really good because again i'm rubbing shoulders with people who just values and ethics are just so different and um uh, had you already determined that like you were definitely going to go to seminary? Yes. You had, At that point okay. I knew I was going to seminary. I, I didn't know that I wanted to be a pastor. Um, but I was unsure specifically about what that would look like. Okay. And I think at that point I, I was just beginning to understand my strengths, my limits, what areas of giftedness. Uh, but again, it's like, and, and so the traditional pastor just didn't seem to be the right fit. Mm. So I, I, and I didn't really know how to go about exploring what that looked like. Okay. Did, did your, did your understanding of where you wanted to go, did it change during that year in terms of like what your end goal coming out of seminary was? Um, I don't, I don't remember, Okay, but it certainly did uh, shape it. Yeah. I, I think through college, I mean, my heart, uh, when I first became Christian was for, uh, reaching non, non other non-Christians. Mm. And I think that year really did help, um, in terms of just getting to know people, yeah. uh, outside my church, people in the workplace. Again, you're, you're, I was the youngest person, uh, on staff there mm. and I'm working with guys in their forties, fifties and whatever, just kids and, and just trying to learn and interact. And, um, even as a Christian, just how do you even be a witness? Yeah. Mm. Um, in, in a very cutthroat sales kind of, uh, way where like, um, yeah. And so that was really helpful. So that when I went to seminary, that was always kind of like an anchor point going, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, what does this mean? Not just for people who go to church, but people who are like some of my colleagues yeah. back mm-hmm. at the workplace. Right. Um, and so that still has carried on through today. Like, um, yeah, faith has to be lived outside the four walls of a church building. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 what does that look like? Yeah, Christine, how about you? Did you have you experienced your faith journey differently post college versus when you were in school? Yeah, yeah. I guess again for for me, it's been a lot of like just realizing that I actually need salvation, right? Where it's like not that I didn't know that before, but really feeling it, like feeling the weight of of mistakes and. Um, like actually looking in at, at my own like nature and realizing like, oh, even, even the parts of me, you know, that are, that look good, um, can be rooted in, in sin, depending, you know, like the, me being like super helpful and trying to earn love Mm -hmm. or, or different things like that. 
Um, so that's been, I think in, in high school, I was like, oh man, love Jesus. And he's going to use me to do great things because I am like, (laughs) not perfect, but pretty good. Um, whereas now it's like, oh, like I feel so blessed to be used by God Mm. despite, um, my brokenness. And so I think that's been a big part of the difference between, um, yeah, between undergrad Christine and, and, uh, real life Christine. Yeah. One of the things that, uh, that, a quote that Amy gave me when I was, I guess we were probably in our, I may have been early thirties by this point, but it feels like probably late twenties, um, that I had on my, like on my computer monitor for years and still think about regularly. It was just a simple quote. It said, don't ask what the world needs. Mm. Ask what makes you come alive and go do that. Mm-hmm. Because what the world needs is people who are alive. Mm-hmm. And I think I spent my twenties trying to figure out what it was that the world needed mm. Um, and figuring out how I could sort of like get there mm. and part of what I have come to understand better in my old age <laughs> is what makes me come alive. Mm-hmm. And the more that I do that, the more I, I feel like, oh, I'm actually starting to sort of come into the plan that God probably had in mind all along. Right. Mm-hmm. And I spent a long time laboring in what were really good things, mm-hmm. um, but just weren't sort but didn't make me come alive the way that the way that the world actually needed. Yeah. Yeah. And so probably in your twenties, then I would say building off what you said, it's, it's as much trying to figure out and learn what you don't want to do Absolutely. as much mm-hmm. as I, I think you're still too, uh, your, your calling is still embryonic at that point yep. where like you're, you, and so in your twenties, try everything mm-hmm. and anything yeah. because mm-hmm. you will learn, Oh, that is something I do not want to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and I'll say this from a ministry preacher perspective. It's like in your twenties and thirties, preach any and every opportunity you can get, mm-hmm. you know, get as many reps as you can. By the time you hit your forties and fifties, it, it's the flip side. Mm-hmm. You say no to everything mm. unless like there's a very specific, you know. So uh, again, like uh, that in your 20s, that's a great way to go. Like and, and you start to learn like, oh, this, this is my voice. This mm-hmm. is this is who I am. Um, so that, that's kind of a ministry side. But that's also true vocationally, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and life wise. Right. Yeah. Try different things. Discover what you what makes you come alive. What things just drain you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's hard when you've sort of been told that like post college, you should have everything figured out. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, and that is sort of the, the message mm-hmm. that you sort of need, like the next steps should already be figured out. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that I did not. I'm nowhere where I thought I would be mm-hmm. when I was in my twenties mm-hmm. and, and much happier for it really, yeah. you yeah. know? And I, and I think embracing your, your twenties or post-college years as an opportunity to continue to learn and explore mm-hmm. really sort of changes the way that you engage with everything. Mm-hmm. Every, like your, your job doesn't have to be perfect. You mm-hmm. know, it, it can just be a learning experience. Your relationships don't have to be the relationships you're going to maintain for the next three decades. They mm-hmm. can just be relationships that sort of are uh, like part of your maturing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I didn't have that. I really thought like everything that I did was sort of had this finality to it. Right, mm-hmm. right. And I wish I had sort of just been 
Mm. more relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> two, two thoughts that come to mind as you say that, Nate. One in terms of jobs, one in terms of relationships in your 20s. And we'll, we'll talk about relationships kind of more in depth in another episode. But in your 20s, man, a date is a date is a date is a date. <laughs> you know, like uh, without getting too involved, like, you know, emotionally, physically, all that. Like just, man, like, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I guess the other side could be said too, like, but yeah, because I was married in my twenties. Mm-hmm. I was married. I was married by 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 the time I was twenty. No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. I turned twenty in March, and I was married in June. Mm. Oh wow! So dates were very. I couldn't just date anyone I wanted. Yeah, before. that's true. Right? <laughs> so I'm speaking to the people who maybe grew up more more really strict conservative, mm-hmm. like and you know, like to that group, like, hey man, like uh, or a woman, a date is a date is a date. Don't take it that seriously, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of just like you. You're, it's a discovery process, right? Uh, of yourself. And, uh, and maybe I'll speak to the other end too. It's just like, yeah, you know, um, yeah, maybe not. Maybe, maybe we'll say that for your thirties. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, what I'm going to say right now though, is also, I'm going to say for every decade, which is like legitimately, if you could just learn to relax a little bit, <laughs> like the stakes are not as mm-hmm. high as you That's imagine true. they are. It's going to, it's, going to be okay mm-hmm. it is it really it really will be there are very few things that happen in your 20s that are unalterable in terms yeah. of your mm-hmm. life direction there are very few and they exist i, I don't want to you know pretend that they don't mm-hmm. but it feels that way though but it feels like everything mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. right and and it and in reality it's very few yeah especially when let's say we'll talk about the relationship side when all your friends are getting married and you're kind of mm-hmm. like, well, look at me. Always mm-hmm. a bridesmaid. Yeah. <laughs> and like in your twenties, going to a wedding is like, I don't know. It, it, it's like every weekend or during the mm-hmm. summer or something, right? Yeah. It's, it's, and it feels like going to a high school prom where everyone's dressed up, everyone, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it, it can be hard. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think the 20s is a, is a really formative time of growing. And I think it's also the time where God starts to, uh, um, is this the right word? Starts to break you mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, on the inside. Mm-hmm. It's just the beginning process of God breaking you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was for me. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Well, this has been a really, uh, really fun episode, you guys. <laughs> oh, shoot. Can't wait. It's <laughs> going to be okay. Can I just say that again? It's going to be okay. Oh, man. <laughs> quarter right. life crisis might be the best thing that happens we to you. We may have caused some quarter life crisis <laughs> <laughs> in this episode. Oh, no. I'm free for coffee. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>